this? This is the starting strength podcast. This is the podcast, yeah. isn't it? All right. All right. I can't keep the goddamn podcast and this ass grip bullshit straight. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to have something that says podcast up? No. No, we don't. All right. Well, how do we? How is anybody going to know it's the podcast if we don't have something up? To, we've got a thing. That oh, we got is a couple of guys sitting in front of a bunch of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're so, going to say something like, "Welcome to the Starting Strength Podcast." Oh, okay. And that'll help. All right. Welcome to the Starting Strength Podcast. I am your host, Mark Ripito. And today we're <laughs> today we're talking with our friends from Maryland, uh, Bo Bryant, yeah. is uh, the owner of Westminster Strength and Conditioning, and uh, Bo is uh, one of our long-term starting strength coaches, and he's probably running one of the most successful starting strength gyms in the whole entire world. I know it's more successful than ours here in Wichita Falls. And uh, Bo, who you got with you there? Uh, I'm sitting with Eric Sugars. Eric is uh, one of our starting strength coaches. So we're going to talk about where Eric came from. We're going to talk about where you came from. And uh, uh, and by come from, I mean, what the hell got you into this strength training deal as a, as a business? But first, look at all that beer. <laughs> Man, that is an impressive that is an impressive bar. There's not a bar in Wichita Falls, <laughs> not a commercial bar in Wichita Falls, that has got uh, uh, that impressive a collection of uh, of containers of delicious all over the world. Of yeah, delicious beer everywhere. from all over the world. Yeah, I'm seeing all kinds of things back there. Those of us watching. The podcast. I don't know how much of that's going to be focused on the. It's a little the, old. This uh, Corona. I don't know if you can see color, but uh, yeah, I didn't know Corona I, came in that flavor. What? It does did, after about thirty years. About did 30 somebody? Years oh, oh, it didn't start off that way. <laughs> no, somebody didn't put corona. something in that Corona, like no. some ingredients. That's what happens. After Modern Corona years. is is famous for not using ingredients. So <laughs> it's about like. Bud Light, yeah, which is water. the most famous beer with no ingredients on on earth. So, uh, well, enough of that happy talk. So, what do you guys do? You guys are running a, an incredibly successful strength training facility in uh, Carroll County in Western Maryland, and uh, I'd like to know how Bo got started, and then I want to know where Eric came from. Because that's an interesting story. Well, so I uh, was in the military and back in probably 2003, 2004, I got into the high intensity exercise craze. What part of the military were you in just for uh, credibility? So I started, out, I started out in the 82nd and then I uh, was recruited out of there and worked for Special Operations Command. So I uh, got out of, on the Special Operations side and probably 2001, and then sometime in 2003, kind of got introduced to uh, the CrossFit type stuff. And it wasn't very long. I know you were back there in those early days. That 06 we started, is when I yeah, was involved. With yeah. So sometime around 05, 06, uh, there was a few of us back there on the message boards that started uh, kind of realizing that we needed to be stronger. 
and uh, there was our attempts. There was a few of us. I wasn't on the message board at the time. I just kind of lurked there. I wasn't allowed to have a profile. But uh, there's a few of us that were trying to figure out how to get stronger while doing CrossFit. Uh, and we kind of came up with our own programs to layer over top. And then you kind of jumped on the scene. And I think you did a cert uh, in Arlington, one of the first when you were with CrossFit. So that was right in my backyard. So I showed up to that one. And uh, uh, I think when my final set of squats, you told me I looked, they were pretty good, but I looked like an insect. So I was 6'1", 165 pounds, I think. 6'1", uh, 165. I wonder what yeah. would have given me the impression that you were on the <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. So, so anyway, I, you started eating. Yeah, so that all made sense. So I literally left there. I got out of the military probably a month or two after I saw you. Uh, and I moved up here to Maryland and started uh, right in my garage. I think once I got settled into our new house, I started lifting and eating. I think it's somewhere around seven months. I went to 245, somewhere in there. Uh, and then uh, started tapering off of my linear progression. And at the time, I was doing some contract work for the military, security type stuff, and uh, I got into this whole strength training and understood the difference of what we needed to do, uh, and just somehow picked up a, a little part-time job with uh, some of the military guys, and I was training them in the mornings, and uh, starting strength modeled stuff, and making them stronger and somewhere around 2010 maybe 2009 they started hiring some strength coaches uh, a lot of young guys 24 year old guys things like that and they started coming in alongside me and some of them were good some of them uh, were not so good uh, and it was kind of a rough environment I remember talking to you back then this was probably 2010 at the second cert I went to once you turned it into uh, you know, passing coaches stuff and left CrossFit. And you said it was a fight that I was going to lose uh, at that job. So anyway, around 2010, 2011, I quit doing that and just opened up uh, this gym in Carroll County solely. Well, uh, that's a good thing, too, because uh, you guys have done some amazing things uh, at uh, Westminster Strength and Conditioning is the is the official name of, uh, of Bo's gym. And uh, I, I'd, I'd like to point out to those of us, uh, uh, those of you people watching the podcast, that uh, Westminster Strength and Conditioning is a big gym. It's a very big, very successful gym. They have made inroads into uh, a lot of different areas in uh, Western Maryland's school system into uh, public service and a in a in and really have done quite a bit uh, in the in the way of selling strength training as a product to a bunch of people who previously have been real real hard headed about not accepting these basic facts and uh, and we're going to talk to Bo later about exactly how he's done that but. Uh, uh, I'd like to stay with uh, with our current discussion a while, Bo. What is uh, uh, what does a uh, former special forces guy bring to strength and conditioning? So I I 
was an interrogator, a counterintelligence guy. So I worked with actual qualified SF guys. So I wasn't actually, you know, didn't go to selection and stuff like that. I was on a, worked in a department with those guys. So I was kind of ran interrogation type stuff. So uh, I, it was pretty clear uh, that the cardio based, uh, the running that I used to do in the 82nd and all that stuff, once we, my first trip to Iraq, uh, it was pretty clear that strength was the uh, a huge factor that we were lacking, that I was lacking at least. I mean, my pack, things that I was carrying at the time in Ramadi was, I don't know, I probably had a 70 pound pack plus body armor and all that stuff for three or four days at a time. So uh, it was a, an enormous uh, strength event right away. It wasn't- Isn't uh, it amazing how uh, the powers that be don't seem to understand that a hundred pounds of kit uh, is not really affected by your five mile time, but more yeah, your I mean, deadlift. Why yeah, is that? And, why is that complicated? <laughs> I don't know. The problem is, is you get this. People sift through this process that that can be 180 pounds and uh, and you know run around with a hundred pound pack on them, but they're because they made it through the process. They were damn strong. They're the stronger guys around you. So these are not. You know, these are guys that uh, that are already strong, right. whether they strength train or not. And these guys are essentially what you're saying is these guys are strong accidentally. Absolutely, yeah, yep. And uh, wouldn't it be interesting if we could make them strong on purpose? Maybe more <laughs> yeah. of them would get through that actually belonged in the situation. Are are you still? And I and I don't know if this is if this is current or not. Are you got? Are you still driving down to? DC no. on a, on a, what did no, you quit I don't, doing there? What, tell I us quit. about that job. I, so I had, so when I first opened up, I worked really three jobs. I strength trained army guys in the morning for a couple hours. And then, uh, I would stay at a security job and work in a cubicle, basically a defense contracting job for eight hours. And I know I'd drive home. And when we opened the gym up here in Carroll, I'd drive an hour back and, uh, train people in the evening. I did that for the first year and a half. I saved enough money to keep buying equipment and stuff. Uh, but that job, I had those guys for uh, about, well, towards the end, I had them for two hours a day, two hours in the morning, uh, five days a week. And, uh, you know, it kind of got to the point where we were uh, squatting, pressing, pulling, you know, start them all off on a novice progression, obviously, and then uh, intermediate stuff. And we used prowlers prowlers and uh, pretty much that's it for conditioning. They would still do their running on their own uh, here and there because they needed some mileage on their feet. But uh, other than that, that's what we did. And then uh, a kind of a PT based system got brought in. So there's a, I don't know the whole history to it, but there's a pretty big contract that was let out. Uh, I think at the time it was called Athletes Performance Institute, API. But uh, it kind of differed by building, and I'm certain that there was some places that they had great coaches and, and understood strength and did that, and some places didn't. So it kind of, you're kind of at the mercy of the strength coach that they hired, right? Depending on what you're going to do, and a lot of it was PT based where I was at. Since so the program was itself yeah. was not institutionalized, right? Yeah. So functional right. movement screen was uh, huge, and <laughs> you know you had to get a certain score on the functional movement screen before you could actually train. Right. They they they. At one point, there was a, a leaderboard uh, that had functional movement screen scores. So <laughs> he who had the highest functional... 
functional movement screen score was top oh, of the leaderboard. I, I don't know what the squat deadlift was, but they had a 19 on the functional movement score. Right. That's <laughs> right. What a great predictive tool. Uh, well, let's give Eric something to do besides yeah. sit there and nod. So, Eric, where the hell did you come from? What so are you doing? Eric's actually, one of our newer starting strength coaches. He finally went through the pipeline and demonstrated a, a better than far better than average ability to teach people how to do these lifts. But what uh, what were you doing before? Were you selling shoes or what was your no, doing so functional I was, uh, movement screens? Exercise or? physiology major. Ah, well, you were doing cool. functional movement screens, were Yeah, I actually, from what I actually learned from school, that was about it. Um, I was a member of Bo's gym probably about a year and a half, two years after he opened. And uh, the only hands-on part of my degree was a three-credit internship. So I ended up interning with Bo over the summer and learned more there than I did in any of my classes. Well, what exactly did your classes consist of? And I've, and uh, th this kind of dovetails into a, an article I'm about to write for the website about academic preparation for being a, a strength coach. What, what did you have in school that academically prepared you to apply the principles of stress recovery adaptation to, uh, to a strength program? Well, so obviously everything in school, for the most part, is cardio-based. So you go through physiology, but you learn well, more Well, now, of... you, you say obviously. Okay. But well, that's not obvious to... to okay. it, it's obvious to the three of us. Uh, but it's not... It's obvious to Nick, too. I can't leave him out of the discussion. Nick understands this. But the, uh, the, the, the typical person watching this podcast may not actually understand that... In a formal exercise physiology program, 97% of the time, and that may be a little conservative, uh, exercise is measured in minutes. Right, or right. METs. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how they can look at the idea of stress recovery adaptation and then completely miss its application. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a physiology background as sort of like my specialty um, with my degree. And every single lab we did was cardio-based. We ran a metabolic cart. We did some body fat testing using calipers, which is kind of useless anyway. Um, we learned how to do blood pressure while someone was riding a bike, stuff like that. You learned ACSM. Um, right, clinical mm. exercise stuff. Right. At no point did we actually do anything hands-on, um, besides maybe hit the up button on the treadmill to make the person run faster. I don't. Did you have a barbell? Anything with a barbell? No, no. Yeah. Our uh, so our equipment was old Nautilus machines uh, <laughs> from the 70s or 80s. They were probably passed down from the football team. Um, yeah, even uh, so our our squats, your scare quotes that we did. We had to learn to do squats on a cable crossover, holding the handles in front of us, which pulled the person forward. And that was the only way we were allowed to do free weight squats. Free weight squats. <laughs> yeah. I don't even so, know so, so, and 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 once again, the people listening to this are uh, going to have a difficult time understanding this. So let's just go back over this one more time. Your <laughs> your program. 
Your exercise physiology program assumes that exercise means jogging. Of course. Is that right? Is right. that is that a is that a fair characterization? Exactly. Exercise is jogging. Yeah. Well, or, you know, all right, that's fine. And as a result of that, how valuable precisely has your degree been in terms of applying what you learned there to actually getting people strong at Westminster Strength and Conditioning? Well, the actual application, it basically means nothing. At this point, it's letters after my name. That's about it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, those are required. Now, there are a set of letters after your name. Uh, SSC, Starting Strength Coach. Uh, what uh, about those letters? You know, it's, it's funny how you can explain that biomechanics lecture for the squat better than, you know, an entire class on biomechanics. And you spend, what, two hours, an hour and a half? Um, and we yeah, spent two hours, four, Saturday four hours a week for about three months. Yeah. I mean, Rip, when we get interns that we get, every one of them, all their prior experience has not helped them out at all, minus maybe some physiology. If they understand some, you know, if they've had anatomy, that helps them. Mm -hmm. But when, they, when we get them, we might as well have plucked somebody off the street. It, I could do the, the same exact job of teaching them how to actually get people strong as if I would just walk down the street and pop on somebody to do it. And then you probably wouldn't have to convince them that everything they learned was wrong. Right. <laughs> at least I had a clean slate. It's like teaching people to, like teaching somebody to shoot that's never shot before. That's always a lot easier, isn't it? Exactly. You don't have to, they don't have to unlearn yeah. a, bunch of, a bunch of silly nonsense. Right. Well, uh, so that's where we land right now. We've got uh, you two guys. <laughs> Uh, in a position, having gone through um, an, a, an unlearning process and then a learning process that now has, has enabled your gym to be one of the most effective sources of information about strength and conditioning on the East Coast. And uh, uh, you guys are really, really, really doing a great job out there. You've, you've made a fabulous impression uh, on hundreds and hundreds of people about exactly what can be accomplished in, uh, in a program like this. And you've convinced lots and lots of people that jogging uh, is not as valuable as the squat and the deadlift. And so I think we'll continue our, our little discussion right here and talk about exactly how that uh, takes place and how you have uh, have continued to make a positive impression on this part of the fitness industry on the East Coast. And we're going to do that next time. Thank you guys for being with us right now. And uh, we'll continue this in part two of this podcast, and we'll see you then. Thanks. <laughs>